0: For over 27 years, LearnIt has helped more than 2 million individuals develop new skills and empowered them with confidence to thrive in an ever-changing workforce. We welcome you to the LearnIt podcast, where we come together as employees, managers, executives, and learning champions from across the globe to take time to focus on our professional development. Together, we will tackle today's toughest challenges and dive into the topics that are key to success in today's workplace. Stay tuned to listen and learn from LearnIt expert instructors and the LearnIt community in order to upskill, reskill, and achieve overall success in your career. To learn more about LearnIt and our diverse offerings of soft skill, business application, and health and wellness workshops, please visit www.learnit.com.
1: I would like to go ahead and formally introduce you to my wonderful colleague and teammate, David. David is a learning and engagement leader. He's an instructor and coach. He's been doing some amazing things throughout his career. Every single time I listen to him talk about the wonderful things that he's done throughout his career, I always have some great nuggets to take away. But he is the former director of internal communications at Blue Shield. He's a pro side change, development, or pardon me, change practitioner certification, I am definitely looking into getting, and has 20 plus years in corporate learning and helping people flourish, right? Today, he is going to be sharing some information and insights around influencing without authority. So without further ado, I would love to turn it over to David. Take it away, David.
2: Thank you so much, Mickey. Open up, you got chat open already, but let me know if you if you share my enthusiasm. Um, for hearing Mickey Mickey brings so much energy so thank you so much for that but if you agree with me let me know uh I really I really love partnering with Mickey you just bring it every time thank you so much carrie welcome to you welcome to you Jeanette Sahar welcome to you and you're gonna help me with please help me with the pronunciation here um silly Cili- cilien let me know if I'm if I'm close on that one maybe you can put it in phonetically if I'm if I'm not but silly I'll I'll use that for now But thank you and welcome to you. (laughs) And then I see KPK. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. So like Mickey mentioned, I am going to ask you a question right off the bat, but let me just talk a little bit about what we're going to cover today. Today is about influencing without authority. So it is geared towards, and you might have seen Mickey's post this morning. She mentioned that it is geared towards peer-to-peer requests or lateral requests. So it's not focused on managers' influencing their direct reports. Mickey also mentioned in her post that it's about empathy and it's about integrity. That's something that also works really well with managers who are trying to influence their direct reports, but we are focusing on peer-to-peer. So keep that in mind today. So you've already shared some welcomes here and um, I'd love to know where you're joining from. Also, take a moment here, open up chat again, and let me know why you're here. What brings you here today? Is there something that you're hoping to get out of this short time together, something you're hoping to walk away with, any particular skill, anything specific, or maybe it's just sort of general knowledge on this topic of influencing without authority? Give give me a moment to think about that one, but drop that into the chat window. What is it that you're hoping to get out of our time together? Give you some time to think about that one. Please add that to chat. All right. Well, my name is David Bencomo. As 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 Mickey already mentioned. And and I really am looking forward to this because this is such an important topic, especially in the business world, whether you are working with other colleagues or working with direct reports, it's so helpful for that. So here's the other question that I want to ask you. Take a look at the screen here. I want to know from you, who has been the most influential person in your life? The most influential person in your life? Take a moment to think about that one and add it to chat. And then also, Maybe you can explain briefly, why is that? What is it that they do that makes them so influential? What is it that you notice about them? I see, Jeanette, you mentioned earlier knowledge. You're hoping to get some knowledge out of our time together. So who's been the most influential person in your life and why? Take a moment to think about that. Drop it in the chat. Carrie, you say that you're new to l so learning and development manager with your company, and you'd like to take some advice to share with others. Hopefully we'll give you some good advice and hopefully you'll see some good advice in the chat as well. Definitely love her learning from you. From Sahar, I am always there contributing, Um, but notice that I'm backstage. Yeah, very interesting. And Carl Rogers, thank you, Larry. Good reference there. So who's been the most influential person in life? Carl Rogers. Larry maybe just mentioned what is it about Carl that influences you what is it that you notice in his writings and his his sharings of knowledge um from celian uh she's always calm in any situation and that's your mother it's a good one it's a good one for me i have to go with my mother as well highly influential just the way she went about interacting with us interacting with with others that she came into contact with always with this openness this 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 desire to get to know them as a person. Very influential in my life. From Jeanette, your dad. He seemed to manage to live happily in the corporate world and everyone loved to work with him. Excellent, that's great that you noticed that. That's a great influence there. My family and always some good person. Excellent, all inclusive from Larry. Your dad, Sahar, who says there's always a way which has made me uh, solutions oriented, excellent. All right, keep those coming in. Who's influenced you and and why is that? And while you're continuing to add to this, I see acceptance from Larry. I want to look at what we would normally explore in our two-hour version. So we may not cover all of this in depth, but this will give you an idea of what we normally cover in the full two-hour version. We start by examining and practicing one of our our models, one of our matrices. And this is um, the advantage and the relationship matrix. We will look at that today. We'll at least introduce it and see if we can go a little deeper on each of the pieces of that. So ask a lot of questions, and we'll try to cover that because that's a really important piece to influence. Communicating our objective using a balance of logic and emotion. This is also something that we will cover today, at least touch on it. We may not go in depth as we do in the two-hour version, but start thinking about that. When you communicate to others, when you're trying to influence others, do you focus more on logical approach? or an emotional approach think about that and and how how can we vary that depending on the person that we're talking with and then the last thing we cover is is how and when um, to time your request we don't go into that in detail here but that's something that we normally cover in the bigger so we can at least try to touch on that um, seeing some really good things here again i want to call some of these out marshall rosenberg from larry your dad um isaiah isaiah let me know if i'm pronouncing that correctly very calm and patient Learning always, MSV. All right, good stuff. Any questions? Throw them in the chat. Any questions on what you see here? Anything else you're hoping to get out of our time together? Let me know that. But I wanna start by talking about the difference between influence and authority. And I wanna start with authority. So authority is a role. It is the power to give orders, to make decisions, to enforce compliance. It usually creates immediate action, but also it can be short-lived. Someone might do exactly what you want them to do, but after time that may fade away. But authority definitely has a place in the workplace. Think about a manager and they might want something from their team members. Like if they want them to send agendas 48 hours before a team meeting, they simply let them know. I need everyone to send their agendas 48 hours before team meetings. And the team will likely do it because they report to that person they're required to do it. Over time, that may fade away, but authority does work in that case. Let's contrast that with influence. Influence is more of a skill. It's something that can be learned. It's the ability to affect the ideas and the actions of others. It encourages people to work together. It builds lasting relationships and it helps you earn respect. People accept your ideas and then they internalize them. They not only act on them, but they also believe in them. It takes practice, but it can, be, it can be learned. So an example, the same example, if you want somebody to send their agendas 48 hours beforehand, rather than telling them to do it, you simply do it yourself. You know, you set a good example. You do it consistently. You model that behavior. And then your colleagues, they notice that and they begin to do the same. So you're influencing by setting a good example, another way to influence and a manager can do that as well as a colleague so that's the difference there let me know if you have any questions drop that in the chat let me take a look at what we have here definitely emotional uh, but logic is is always side by side excellent so great 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 observation there all right keep keep your comments coming in and your questions too we'll try to catch them as as they come in kp you you mentioned earlier you're influenced by your supervisor because what he does he puts it uh his best effort and does it um, with full involvement, excellent. Good deal. And the reason I asked the question is, these are things we can learn from from others. I wanna clarify the type of influence that we're talking about. This is what what Mickey posted earlier today on LinkedIn. Lateral requests, peer-to-peer requests, maybe requests that you're doing across the organization. So you're making requests of people that don't report to you. So you're doing it through influence. So examples might be, uh, asking a colleague to help you out you got a deadline coming up and you need help they don't report to you but you may have influence over them they might help you because of the way that you interact with them and we're also going to be looking at maybe some other situations like with external clients with vendors also up and down the organization so this might be where you're influencing your manager who you report to but you are able to manage Um, That relationship up we have a class we actually focus on that. It's called managing up So an example here might be you're trying to change company policy might take more uh, When it comes to influence because you don't have authority over these folks So I want to introduce the matrix that I mentioned before it's the advantages and Relationships matrix and this is going to help us focus on the requests that we're making and how we can use this matrix to make it um, easier for us and they'll be more likely to to take on requests that we give them. So here's how it works. This can help again visualize how successful we might be. And it's based on a couple of things. One, the type of request, what kind of advantage does it give to them? And also, what kind of relationship do you have with that person? Because both of those play a big part in our ability to influence. So let's take a look. So the horizontal axis, take a look at that there what we can use that for is to, to see where that helps them. If you're requesting something of them and it's to their advantage, it's more advantageous to them, they'll be much more likely to take on that request versus if it's a disadvantage to them. So think about that. Think about requests that you have right now that you'll be making for others in, in, the, in your, in your um, organization and where it might fall on that line. The vertical represents the relationship that you have. So. At the top would be you have a strong relationship with that person. And at the bottom, you don't have a relationship with them, no relationship, or maybe even a strained relationship. So these are the two factors that we look at when we are making requests, when we're trying to influence others. So this makes up four different quadrants and I wanna look at each of those. So as I do this, think about some requests that you've either made recently or requests that you need to make. And think about where those requests might fall into this matrix, into each of these four different quadrants. So the first one, lower left, you're making a request and it's not to their advantage. It's a disadvantage, in fact, to them, so to the left. And you don't have a relationship, so it's down to the bottom, that lower left. That might look to them like this is kinda kinda painful to me. It doesn't really help me. And most likely they're not gonna help you because they don't gain anything and they don't really know you or maybe you even have a strained relationship with them so you ask somebody to do something for you they're in a different department it doesn't really help them you guys don't even get along not likely to help you that's the lower left quadrant let's move over to the right which would be still you don't know them or you don't have much of a relationship with them but it is to their advantage to help you out in this case that might look like an opportunity for them and in this case they might help you because it's in their best interest. So even though they don't have a relationship with you, they gain something by it. So it might be an opportunity for them. So that's another scenario. Think about what might fall into that quadrant. Now let's move over to the top left. This is where it's not to their advantage, but you know them well. You have a very strong relationship. So in this case, to them, it might look like a favor. So they may they may do it as a favor to you even though it's not in their best interest. So they don't gain anything, but again, you have a very strong relationship. So you might be part of a team where you do each other's favors. It may not help you in the long run as far as your career or advancement or whatever it is that you're looking for in your, in your job, but you know each other well, so you do each other favors. The top right, as you can probably guess, is really the sweet spot. This is where it's not only an advantage to them to help you out, but it's also a very strong relationship. So they wanna help you. And in this case, it would be their pleasure to help you. It would be very likely that it's their pleasure to help you in this case. You have a strong relationship, they gain something from it. That's ultimately where we wanna be. That is the, the sweet spot. So before you make your request, really think about whether or not they gain by the request and how strong your relationship is with them any questions feel free to let me know in the chat but two important takeaways from this matrix and we can certainly come back to that if you if you have some questions you want to look at it further but one would be what is your goal you know when you need to influence others you want to improve your request so that it lands in that upper right quadrant you want to get there so that it is something that benefits them and you also have a strong relationship you also want to try to aim to get the highest percentage of your requests moving to that upper right quadrant. So that's your goal there. And as far as the focus areas, and these are the areas that we get into really deep in the, in the full class, we'll at least get into it a little bit here. But the most important areas to focus on are the relationship, building a strong working relationship, and then making that request advantageous to them. So that's our goal here. Any questions, please let me know. Jeanette, I'm glad you, glad you like the visual. So with this in mind, with this matrix in mind, I want to uh, look at ways to move us to that that top right quadrant here. So here's a little model that we have put together that really helps uh, visualize how this works. We're looking to influence somebody. We need to focus on those two areas, building that strong relationship or creating a relationship that maybe you don't have or repairing a relationship. And at the same time, when you make that request, we want to find a way for that request to be an advantage to them. And if it's not an advantage to them, can it be? Can it be framed or positioned in that way? Or maybe it's not the right person. Maybe you go to somebody else who it is an advantage for them. And in the class, uh, the full class, we cover both of these. And then we also cover one more at the bottom here. How do you then communicate your objective in a way that's compelling? It makes sense, it's clear, it's understandable, but it also is, compelling it really is meaningful to them so that's what we cover in depth. We don't have time to go through the whole thing but I do want to at least touch on the first part which is building a strong relationship. so let me share a little bit of what we cover in the class about how we can do that. So we we do that by uh, focusing on several areas here. There are three ways to build a relationship the first one is to develop a meaningful relationship. The second one is to build trust and establish credibility. These are things you want to work towards even before you make that request. And then finally, improve your likability. Whether we like it or not, it really helps when people like you. So let's take a closer look at each one of these and then give me your thoughts on that. So developing meaningful relationships. Here's some tips for you. Here's what you can do to, to start building that meaningful relationship. The first is to create some some commonalities here to find those commonalities, you know, what do you have in common? What interests do you share both personally and professionally? You know, if people can relate to you, they'll be more likely to help you out. Larry, you have empowering others to meet their needs. Yeah, it's that's definitely a, a big part of this, empowering them. It's not a matter of you doing it for them, telling them exactly what to do, exactly how to do it, but you're giving them that autonomy. Larry to to empower them. So it's a really good thought on on ways to influence others through empowerment. Very very um, powerful way to do it. So common uh, commonalities. What 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 do you have in common? Because that will bring you closer together. Be an empathetic listener. You know, recognize how they might be feeling. Try to understand not just their words but how they feel. Finding ways to connect with those emotions. So it's beyond just the work itself, but it's also how you feel about it asking questions is always a good idea. You know, it shows that you care about them, and when you feel like you care, they feel like that you care, it, it just it just creates that 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 closeness. They'll be much more likely to listen to you and to be open to your influence if you're if you're showing that you're that you're interested in them. And one more, having high EQ and low ego. So EQ That's short, that's an acronym for emotional intelligence. So so demonstrating emotional intelligence by being self-aware, by showing empathy, by putting yourself in their shoes, by showing humility, and also the ego part, leaving that at the door. You know, if you have more experience than them, you want to put that aside. So that's developing meaningful relationships. Are there any questions or any insights that you have? free to share that in chat let me know if you have any thoughts questions or additional ways that you will go about building a meaningful relationship with others that you work with let me know that in chat all right let's move on to our next one which is building trust and establishing credibility so you'll have more influence if if people trust you and there are three elements to trust The first one is trust that people will do what they say. The second one is trust that they're capable of doing what they say. And then the third one is trust that they have our best interest at heart. So keeping those in mind, those are the things that we want to create. We want to make sure that we're incorporating that as we're building trust with people that we interact with in the workplace. So how do we do that? One, be as consistent as you possibly can. You know, it's not about doing something once. It's about doing it consistently. This is what people notice when you're doing it over time, not just one time. You want to honor responsibilities. Do what they say and uh, uh, what, what, what you commit to doing. You want to follow through. People will notice that as well. You want to deliver results. Your efforts won't matter nearly as much. It's really what you produce. It's the, it's the results that they're that they're looking for. And then finally, demonstrate expertise in your field and in the business. So be so knowledgeable that others have to listen to you. You know, Lean on your abilities, not your title. I worked with somebody in healthcare. I was in healthcare for many years and there was a, an individual there that had been there over 30 years. They didn't have direct reports. They were director level, but no direct reports. No one reported to them, so they didn't have authority over anyone but they were so influential because of their knowledge. They knew so much about the business. They knew so much about the systems that ran the business that people would go to this person for advice. They would go to them for for support. Again, didn't have authority over anybody. They didn't have that direct report uh, team, but it was their knowledge that gained all of that, all of that um, that, uh, ability to influence others. So from Larry, active listening, being willing to reflect back what someone just said, so important to, to do that uh, consistently. If someone s- understands that you really care that you're, that you're listening, not just asking a question and then moving on to the next question, but really reflecting back, what Larry is talking about here is, you might've heard the term paraphrasing. So you're, you're repeating back, reflecting back, not just what they said, but also maybe how they feel, what you're feeling from them. That goes a long way to creating that connection, that credibility. Thank you for that, Larry. Any questions on building trust or any additional suggestions like Larry's here on building trust and establishing credibility? That's the second part to building and managing relationships. Let me know if you have any additional thoughts there. The last one is uh, improving your likability. So again, whether whether we like it or not, whether we think it's fair or not, It is easier to influence someone if they simply like you. You know, we like to say yes to people that we like. Um, From Akash, uh, your channel is a boon for students. I'm really grateful. Thank you, Akash. We're grateful for the comment. I appreciate that. So improving our likability, how can we do that? Well, first and foremost, be genuine. You wanna be yourself. You're not trying to be fake and trying to be somebody that you think they're going to like. You wanna be yourself. But here's some ways that you can you can um, help ensure that people really, really notice who you really are and uh, appreciate who you are and ultimately like you more. The first one is is pay it forward with compliments. You know, if someone did a great job on a presentation, tell them. If you noticed that they're going that extra mile, let them know. Again, you want to be authentic. You want to be genuine with this. But uh, someone mentioned in the other, the other class, uh, send an email to their manager. That's a great way to acknowledge them and you're acknowledging them in front of their manager, that goes a long way. They they know that you care enough to acknowledge them and have others be a part of that acknowledgement. So that's one way to do it. Cooperate with others on mutual goals. Share information in a way that's in their best interest. So it's it's done mutually. You both care about the work and you're, you're working on it together. The law of reciprocity. Let me know in chat if you've heard of that the law of reciprocity. When you do a favor for someone, they're more likely to do a favor for you. That's the law of reciprocity. Do something for them and they would likely do something in return for you. The last one is leveraging the Benjamin Franklin Effect. Let me also know if if you're familiar with that in, in chat. But this is a cognitive bias that causes people to like you more after they do you a favor. So if you've got a need, if you have a big favor to ask, what you might want to try is start with a small one, a small favor, very, very small, and then return that favor and then move towards that bigger request. That's one way to use the Benjamin Franklin effect. Any questions, any thoughts on any of those that you see there, let me know in the chat. Or if you have any additional recommendations on how to be more likable, let us know in chat. So those are the three ways. To build strong relationships, develop meaningful relationships, build trust and establish credibility, improve your likability. Any questions, please let me know. So that's the first part that is building relationships. What I'm going to do is I want to jump to another topic now, but take a look at this image here. Let me know if you have any questions or any thoughts the next piece would be looking at the request itself and and finding a way to make it more advantageous. Something we go into more depth in the, in the full class and then communicating your objective. I want to jump to a really interesting part here, which we also cover in the class and it is understanding this here. There is no one single way to influence everyone all the time. There's different strategies that are going to work with different people different strategies that are going to work in different situations. So do keep that in mind as as you think about when you're going to make a request that not one size fits all. We all have different communication styles. Some of us focus on tasks. Some of us us focus on data. Others focus on personal relationships. So we're all different. Keep that in mind again as as you're trying to influence others. Be prepared to adjust based on the situation and based on the person. So what I want to share is a way to find a balance between what we call a push style and a pull style. Push style is more of a logical approach. You're using logic, you're using logical reasoning, uh, using facts and a rational argument to make a case. So let's say I need you to post daily on each social website to improve our marketing. It's a very straightforward, very logical approach. And we contrast that with pull style. Pull style is a more indirect way, a more subtle way to influence others. It's about engaging someone with your idea and motivating them to want to help you. It it makes them feel a part of what what you're doing, not just simply doing something that you ask them to do. So this one involves more emotion. Empathy. Enthusiasm. So an example here, in this case, we need to improve our marketing and increase our presence on social media. What do you think about making it a goal to post daily? So rather than simply telling them to do it, you're asking them questions about their thoughts and you're involving them. That's more of a pull style. So think about what works for you. Think about your go-to method. Where do you fall between pull and push? Give that some thought and I wanna give you some time here to, I'm gonna put some numbers up here to help. Open chat and think about where you typically land when it comes to the way you try to influence others. So you see the numbers one through 10. Open chat and just type in the number. Where do you normally fall? Are you more pull, eight, nine, 10? Or are you more push, one, two, or three? or somewhere in between. Let me give you some time to think about that. So Jeanette, you have a motion, so you're more towards the pull side. Jeanette, if you don't mind, throw a number in there. I'm I'm wondering how far you are on that scale. Mickey's a seven, so she's closer to to the pull as well. How about everybody else? What number would you put in most cases? Where do you typically lean? What is your tendency when you're influencing others? Where do you land? From Jeanette, a little both. Um, so you think about a seven. So Jeanette, I'm guessing, and feel free to add more to chat to elaborate here. I'm guessing that when you say a little of both, you are naturally fluctuating. Is that correct, Jeanette? You're fluctuating based on maybe some factors like the person you're talking with, how strong that relationship is, or the type of request. That's what I'm guessing. But let me know if I'm if I'm right on that one, Jeanette. From Isaiah, uh, a six, so close to the middle. Carrie, uh four-ish. So you're a little more towards push. That's your approach. And Jeanette sounds like I was I was correct on that. Thank you for that. All right. So definitely give that some thought because we we usually have a natural tendency, tendency here. But like Jeanette, what we're looking to do is to be flexible here. We're being flexible based on the situation. So that's really important to recognize what might work best based on factors like what is this request? You know, again, is it to their advantage? And what is our relationship like? So- Here's a few ways that you can you can sort of think this through. When is it ideal to push? When is it ideal to do more of a pull? Um, by the way, Jeanette, uh, Jeanette, you mentioned I'm uh, an I on disc. For those of you not familiar, feel free to elaborate, Jeanette. I, I believe, is influence. Is that not right? D I S C, disc. For those that are familiar with that, D is that directive, I believe, and then I is in influence. So you're highest on that. So. Definitely, I think that indicates, you know, an ability to be able to to flex. When do you use push versus pull? Push when there's one solution, there's just one way to do this. The request is clear, the request is simple. Push might work just well right there. It's time sensitive. We don't have time for a long conversation, for an in-depth conversation. Uh, people are busy and we want to be respectful of their time. So we get straight to the point that would be more of a push technique. Maybe it's an executive decision. You know, you have authority, you're the boss. Uh, remember again, you don't necessarily need to be the boss in order to have that level of authority, that credibility, that expertise. But in this case, it works here. Um, an example, we need to make 50 cold calls each day in order to make our sales goals next month. Pretty straightforward, clear request. And we'll contrast that with pull. You, you might want to use a pull when there are more than one solution, multiple potential outcomes, more than one way to do something. You know, there, there, there could be multiple um, solutions here. That's when pull might work best. When it's not time sensitive, so you've got some time here, you can build the relationship, you have time to look, um, look at options and time to talk through them, lay the groundwork. Maybe... You use pull because the, it can improve your problem solving. It can improve critical thinking. You know, when we pull, we ask more questions. There's more dialogue. There's opportunity to collaborate. So this could help us come up with an even better solution. In this case, similar uh, to the left here, but but an example of what that might look like here would be our sales are down. You know, what strategies do you have in mind to meet our goals the next month? What do you think about upping our number of daily cold calls? So here. You're asking questions, you're getting their opinion, you're also sharing yours, but you're getting their thoughts on how they feel about that. Any questions, any thoughts, additional thoughts on push or pull? What I'd like you to do is choose the one that fits the situation, which also could could, uh, vary depending on the person that you're talking with. But those are push, pull. Um, I wanna look at one more factor that i think is really um, interesting really insightful and can be really helpful for you when you're trying to influence others Um, four different methods of influencing others and some of these methods methods might be more push and some of them might be more pull so take a look at this grid that i'm going to share with you these four methods and as i go through this there's four of them think about which one is your go-to similar to the push pull this is a little more specific to different styles of influence. So the first one is persuading. Think about that. Are you more of a persuader? This is where you're using reasoning to make a proposal or a suggestion. You want to give the person a a good reason for your proposal, even if it doesn't agree with your ideas um, or their ideas. You want to use language like, you'll typically see this, I recommend, I suggest, or I propose. That's persuading. So is that you? Think about that. Is, is that one of your go-tos? The next one is asserting. So this is using control and then using reasoning to make a request. So it's not too far from persuading, but it is a little more direct. It, it might sound like you're, you, you need a power uh, position here. You really don't, again. If you have that level of authority because of your expertise, asserting might work really well. Anybody can be assertive, regardless of of your title. Again, depends on your relationship, uh, the credibility that you've gained. You might see language like this. I want, I expect, I need. That might be more of an assertive style. That's the second one. Think about that. Are you more of uh, asserting when you try to influence others? Let's move to the lower left, drawing. So this is where you're using rapport. An agreement to gain consensus. This is where you encourage others to be a part of the conversation. You invite them in, you ask uh, for their opinions. And here you would see language like this. You know, what do you think? How do you feel about? What are your thoughts about? So you're really inviting them in and including them in that conversation. That's drawing. So Jeanette, I'm thinking you're probably closer to that one, but you let me know the next one is energizing this is where you're using passion and enthusiasm to motivate others that might also be something Jeanette, that you use enthusiasm is infectious it it can influence others to share our enthusiasm and our positivity so if you're energizing if that's your go-to style you're going to probably use language like this i believe together we can imagine if So those are the four styles. I wanna ask you to give this some thought. Take a look at those four and which one are you? Which one do you think you use most of the time? Think about your interactions with colleagues, with others in the workplace, maybe even in your personal life. And let me know in chat, which of those four do you use most of the time? Very curious. And Jeanette, you especially, I'm curious if you're more of drawing or energizing. So Mickey energizing for sure, energy with her, with her uh, energy, Um, definitely very energizing in her approach when she connects with others. What else, what else comes to mind when you look at these four give you some time to think about that one, but very curious to see what you have. Drawing. Is it pronounced Pumezzo? Let me know if I'm, if I'm off on that Pumezzo but drawing. So you're, you're, you're more drawing. Uh, that's your go-to, um, Azaya, you're persuading. Okay. So definitely good to recognize which one is your go-to. What else do we have? Please let me know in chat. You, you don't need to stick with one, um, from Carrie persuading, but sometimes energizing. Okay. So you're like on both ends here, persuading and then energizing, um, apparently on both. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I'm apparently on both ends of the spectrum, Carrie, uh, Carrie, I, I am curious, you know, maybe drop some additional thoughts in there if you could. Is that just sort of a natural thing that you've done over time? Did you learn that over time? Have you been intentional about that? Have you noticed that there's a need sometimes to be more persuasive and in other cases be more uh, of uh, energizing? I'm, I'm just curious, but but that's a good a good call out to be able to be that flexible, Carrie to move up and down that spectrum. Drawing from Jonathan, when, when speaking up and asserting when speaking down, very interesting. Very, so two distinct uh, situations, you're you're able to, to flex there. Um, and thank you for uh, Pumezo. I think I got the pronunciation correct. Persuading and persuading and energizing, Isaac, and uh, help me with this pronunciation. Baba Tonde, let me know if I'm close on that one. Uh, Carrie, definitely situational and energizing from Yosef. All right. So the key again is there is no one way all the time. You know, it, it, it may be a better fit in some situations or with certain people. So be flexible and try different styles depending on the situation. So I want to do something interesting. I think we're going to maybe close with this. Maybe I'll squeeze in one more little topic here. Oh, and also from Yosef when reporting to my senior. Yeah, very good. More energizing there. So remember the scale that we just looked at, the the push-pull scale? I want to take these four and put them on the scale. Maybe you can help me with this. So there's the scale, push to the left, pull to the right. If we were looking at those four, starting with persuading, where would it land? Where would persuading be on this spectrum? It would probably be closer to the push side, closer to the logic side. How about asserting? That one is even more so towards push. And then drawing would be more towards the right, more of a pull and energizing even more so. So that's you, Mickey, energizing, right? And you, Yosef. So depending on the situation, what you want to do here is lean into all areas of the spectrum. There isn't one perfect method. So try to get comfortable with each one of them. Experiment a little bit. You know, Think about where you fall on the other matrix that we looked at when it comes to the type of request Are you in that upper right quadrant? And if not, how can you get there? Do you have a strong relationship? Is it an advantage to them? Think about that and then apply it to your natural style and other styles that have worked for you. And and just experiment with the other ones. If you're naturally more asserting, see if you can move more towards drawing or energizing, depending on the situation, and see how that works for you. Challenge yourself and then see if that works. Any questions, any thoughts, any additional suggestions on any of these styles asserting persuading drawing energizing push pull or the matrix that we looked at earlier any questions at all all right let me see if i can squeeze in one more topic here before we wrap it up and and i want to leave it open for questions so additional questions keep them coming in but if you have questions at the end i want to hear anything that's on your mind any questions you have has anyone heard of kairos if you have, let me know in chat, what is Kairos? Let me know if you've heard that term before. Uh, let me read this here from Jeanette. Persuading and energizing is your natural style, so you're more towards the pole. Um, I can be asserting, so, you, so you, ha- you are capable, it sounds like, but without a good relationship established. So again, acknowledging the relationship is a really important piece have not had success in influencing peers but you, you've called it out it, it relationship is such a big part of it so if you want to be able to be more um, more towards asserting if that's what you need in a particular situation relationship has a lot to do with that so build it up um, Jeanette thank you for the for the comment divine time that's a really good description divine time of Kairos Kairos is an ancient Greek word it means the right critical or opportune time, just like what, what Jeanette is saying, divine time. Uh, Isaac, you've also heard of it, Kairos, now. Nice, very nice. So it's it's taking advantage of creating or, or uh, being in that perfect moment to deliver a particular message. So it isn't just about the message itself, and it isn't just about the way you do it, the relationship we talked about the advantages or the disadvantage to the person, as well as the styles that we just looked at. But it's about timing. It's so important. So consider this. Is someone ready to hear your request? They'll be more likely to at least hear you if they're in a good place. But think about that. Consider where they are. Are they having a really busy week? You know, do they have a huge presentation that they're preparing for? May not be the best time. It's hard for them to focus and concentrate uh, on something else. Um, are they going through a personal challenge in their life? I think That's where empathy comes into this. But make sure that your request comes at a good time for them, not just for yourself. This is also part of, part of Kairos. Are there risks of waiting too long? So if, it, if it's very time sensitive and somebody's not in a good place, you may want to consider going to somebody else. You know, how much time will you need to fulfill your request? So make sure that you give them enough time as well. So timing, again, is everything. And then finally, part of Kairos as well, right venue, the right channel, the right delivery method. You know, know, should you make the request via email or should you use Slack or Teams or should you get on the phone or should you get on a video call or should it be face-to-face? That's all really important. If it's a very simple request, you may not want to waste their time by scheduling a meeting, especially an in-person one. An email might be just fine. But if it's pretty complex or maybe you don't know them that well you don't have a very strong relationship you might want to think about setting up that time to get to know them at least talk through get give them an opportunity to ask questions so think about the the venue as well or the the channel or the way you're going to deliver that what's best for both of you all right any questions any thoughts on anything that we've covered today Let me know if you have questions, I'm going to, we'll keep the chat open. And as you do that, I have a couple of requests of you. So if you have questions, please put them into the chat window. But I want to leave you with a few actions. Here's what I'd like you to do. One, I'd like you to make a concerted effort to build strong relationships with your colleagues, really invest in the relationship and do that long before you ever need to make that really big request. Because it's going to be so so foundational, it's going to really help you be able to make that request, and more likely they'll want to help you out because of that relationship. So so start building those relationships now. Make your request advantageous by finding shared interests. So maybe you're you have a vested interest because it's something that you need, but do they? And if they don't, see if you can find something where it would be some type of a shared interest, something that appeals to them. Speak in their terms, speak from their perspective. So consider that when you're making requests. And then finally, communicate your objective using a balance between the push-pull, remember the spectrums, uh, logic and emotion. Also consider those four different styles. And like some of you mentioned, you might fluctuate already based on the situation and based on the person. So continue to do that, continue to experiment between the persuading and the asserting and the, energizing and drawing because it all can be really helpful really important so those are my those are my uh, requests of you after today again if you have questions please use the chat and ask any questions on anything that we covered today uh, mickey love to turn it back over to you i think you have some things to wrap up and if you have questions of your own mickey feel free to ask those as well
1: yeah, David, I actually um, want to call out a question in the chat there to kind of have you specifically focus on it. It came from Yosef. Can one apply assertiveness when engaging with our superior? Could you talk a little bit more to that one?
2: The quick answer is yes, Yosef. Absolutely. There's like no rules here. You can absolutely do that. I would definitely use caution. Um, but absolutely you can, Yosef. Um, that might be a case, again, how strong is your relationship? So think about that. How long have you been... Uh, the direct report of of your super uh, supervisor superior, you say, and then also think about their style. What works for them? If they're more of an assertive type, Yosef, if they're very direct and you know clear, concise, get to the point, then that's probably going to work extremely well for them. If they're not, if they're more of what we might call a feeler or more um, an empathetic type, somebody that isn't as direct, somebody that's more implicit, that style typically wouldn't work as well. That's not to say that it won't. So what I would suggest is get to know them, look at the relationship, really in your mind, determine how strong it is. That's the first thing. And if it is strong, I think you're going to be just fine being more assertive. Um, if it's not strong, I'd work on that. But again, balance that. So again, answer is yes but use caution depending on their go-to style and how strong that relationship is. Let me know if that helps you, Joseph. Can I can I go to one yeah, question please, in the go chat? Maybe we can finish with yeah. this one. But, but also, if you can give some congratulations to Mickey. Thank you very much, Mickey. I really appreciate it. Love partnering with you. So give her some kudos, some love in the chat as well. Thank you so much, Mickey. I want to go okay. to Isaac. And Isaac, I hope you're still online. If you are, feel free to add additional thoughts in in chat here. But you, you have a couple thoughts here. I find it challenging to trust and believe colleagues. I have been a victim of misuse, taken advantage of. And then you follow up with, I have literally struggled with connecting with people, thus affecting my social life. How do you go about that? Isaac, let me see if I can just throw a couple of things that you can work with. I'm assuming this is workplace, though you say, you say social life, but you also mentioned colleagues. So it could be, it could be both. A couple of things that I think you might want to look at. One, you're not alone. That is so helpful to know that you're not alone. Others struggle, not minimizing your struggle at all. We all have struggles, but I I think there's a good feeling that we have when we realize that others go through what we go through. And if you recognize anybody in your work life, anybody in your personal life that might be going through anything close to what you're struggling with, connect with them. Take the time, take a risk. This could be very much a risk to ask that question. Start slow and see if you can start a conversation, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, and see if that can help you start to build um, a support system. The other thing I wanna mention is start super, super slow, Isaac. When you say, how do I go about this? I always say this in in the emotional intelligence class and in other classes that are related to connecting with others. I, I always say really, really tiny, like start so small. You don't have to make big leaps and make big um, sweeping changes in your life, but start really small because that will help you build really good habits and be consistent and you build on those over time. Much better to have very tiny goals and then to build on those because you will be much more likely to build strong habits. So what I'm talking about, Isaac, is start small by greeting people. Start small by reaching out to somebody, whether it's virtually, Or if you are in the office, just stopping by and saying hello, but don't feel like you need to fully invest or fully disclose everything about yourself early on. Simply start small and build the relationships super, super slowly. So I hope that helps Isaac, but that might be one way to start reconnecting with others and start building more trust as you talk about.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Learn It podcast. We wish you well on your learning journey and see you next time.